Welcome back to our final anniversary episode for Knit a Spell, where we have our extremely special guest, Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady, joining us this week. Yay! Yay! Light from Lantern presents Knit a Spell. I'm magical maker, Katie Rempe. And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine. Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting and the craft. Welcome, Teresa. Hey, thank you. Thank you both so much for having me here. Any excuse to talk to you all, I'm down and I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, quick introduction for any of you who don't know Teresa Reed, the tarot lady. Teresa Reed has been a full-time tarot card reader for 30 years, probably over 30 years. She's the author of many books, including Tarot, No Questions Asked, Mastering the Art of Intuitive Reading, The Tarot Coloring Book, a fabulous book, Astrology for Real Life, A No BS Guide for the Astro Curious, and co-author with Shaheen Miro of Tarot for Troubled Times, and a couple of forthcoming books, Create Your Own Tarot Cards, a step-by-step guide for designing unique and personalized tarot deck, and Twist Your Fate, Manifest Success with Astrology and Tarot. You can follow Teresa on Instagram at the Tarot Lady. I came to know Teresa Reed mostly through my friend, Madam Pamita, who raved about this Tarot Lady on Instagram. <laughs> and then I started watching her regular morning tarot transits and tangents. You watch it once or twice, you're totally hooked. Oh, yeah. Um, Teresa's real, no BS, full of love, especially. Also, there's a goat. Teresa, welcome to our podcast, Knit a Spell. We're so glad you're here. Yes, it's an honor. That was quite the intro. And Benny the goat is not here right now. So What? He's on he's location, probably. Yeah, He busy. was in California last weekend. He just got back. He's jet lagged. Uh, he's, that he's goat. Napping. That goat, yes, this goat gets around. Teresa's Patreon, completely amazing. Whatever's going on in the news or in mm-hmm. political things or or movie stars, in your email box, suddenly the chart appears with an, an analysis of what's going on. And it's just when you're thinking about it. Thank you. And, you know, this morning I went back and looked at the Elon Musk thing after he acquired Twitter. And the synopsis, the the astrological thing that we wrote about there in, uh, in Patreon predicted a pretty much almost exactly how it was going to go down. Ooh. So, I love political astrology. It's one of my passions and it's something I only do over on there. You know, I don't do it publicly because a lot of people aren't interested in that, but I know people on Patreon are very interested in it. So, and Ooh. super affordable. Like that's what's so great. You provide so much value on your Patreon for just even the basic level. Mm-hmm. It's marvelous. If you're interested in learning a little bit about astrology, you explain because of this and because of that, there is this. And I think that Mm. that's what's so great is you're you're teaching as you're reading the chart. Mm -hmm. Right on. Well, that's the best way to learn. It's the same way with tarot. You know, if you're looking at a card of the day, some people are like, well, aren't card of the days kind of redundant? I'm like, that's how you learn. That's the point. It's coming into your face every day. Uh, that is how you get it ingrained. That it's like speaking a language. Tarot and astrology are languages. And what is the best way to learn? To immerse in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the only. I mean, really, frankly, that's the only way to learn. That's how I learned tarot and astrology: immersing in it. 
being in it every day of my life, looking yeah. at all those charts, looking at those cards every single day. And I've been doing that now for over 40 years. 40 well, that's years. the secret wow. to anything you want to do well, right? I mean, knitting was the same thing. I remember the first time I picked up a knitting pattern, I looked at it and was like, what the hell does any of this even mean? Like, this isn't instructions. This is a different language. It's just like anything. Even after years, you can still learn more. And what I really like about your writing in particular is it is very easy to swallow, very understandable, great references. Like, that for me is always something that makes putting those connections easier. And plus their workbooks. I love a workbook. Love them. Can't recommend them more highly. So how did you get started? Our society doesn't teach tarot in kindergarten yeah. um, or astrology. So how did you find or discover the metaphysical world or the spiritual world? Well, I grew up in a rural area with farm folks. My parents were both straight off the farm and uh, eighth grade educated. And for people who are straight off the farm and uh, have very little formal education, well, how do, you, how do you navigate the world? Well, a lot of it's by intuition. My family is also very Catholic, so there's also a lot of Catholic superstition in the family. Hmm. So I would say that that environment growing up in that really kind of left me open for things that were metaphysical. Now, I will say also, I'm not a religious person. I never have been. Even very young, it was just not my thing. But I remember being really interested in certain aspects of, you know, why do you pray to that saint? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? I wanted to know things. I wanted to understand myself. I wanted to understand how the world worked. And I remember also at an early age being very, very drawn to witchy things. Mm -hmm. Now, back in the day, my mother used to get the National Enquirer. And in the National Enquirer, this is, I, I swear, this is my early indoctrination. There was this big full-page ad for a book called The Magic Power of Witchcraft. Ooh. And I, you can still see the ad. Go look for it. And I remember when we got that Enquirer, of course, I read the trashy stuff, too. But I would, like, pour over that ad. And I was fascinated with the idea of making a money magnet or doing this or doing that. So that stuff also got in my head early on. And the way I came into all of this turning into astrology and tarot was when I was in high school. Now, when I was in high school, my big thing was music. It still kind of is. Hmm. And I ended up becoming friends with this gal who was a fellow misfit. I never fit in in that small town. Uh, I was an oddball. I had a lot of very progressive, different ideas at a very early age. And she was also kind of a misfit. So we used to kind of see each other in the hallway. And we were fascinated with each other because we stood out like a sore thumb. Mm. And one day, one of my friends said, I'm with this girl in history class. And I think you need to meet her because I think you'd like her. And she described like two little things. I said, I know who that is. I want to meet her. And we met. We became best friends. We were both Geminis, became best friends from that point forward, kind of ditched the other girl. <laughs> and anyhow, her mother was an astrologer. Her mother did astrology. She was a pianist. She was a psychologist. Um, she was super educated, which was really weird for where we lived. Most people there were, again, farm folks, you know, lower middle class, middle class people. But she was very, very different, stood out like a sore thumb. And so... She offered to do my astrology chart. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I've heard about, you know, the horoscopes. I read them in the green sheet, uh, which was a newspaper thing we had here in Milwaukee, in Wisconsin. So she did my chart. And I remember saying, wow, 
this makes a lot more sense than anything my parents are telling me. Actually, <laughs> <Wow. laughs> I needed to learn all about astrology and I applied my enthusiasm for astrology, the same enthusiasm I have for music. And I'm like, I'm going to get my hands on this stuff. And, you know, it was one of these times we went to the mall, which wasn't something we did very often, but we went to the mall and there was a bookstore called Walden Books. They don't exist anymore. I remember and them. Yeah, you remember too. them? Yeah, a lot oh, of yeah. us do. They've mm. been gone for a long time. And I was never one of those girls who would go to the mall and, and enjoy clothes shopping. I don't care about that. For me, bookstore, record store, bookstore, record store. That's all I care about still to this day. And so I went to the bookstore to get an astrology book. And I remember, I remember it like it was yesterday. I can still visualize exactly where it was in the store and exactly where the tarot deck was. And I'm looking and I saw the Marseille's tarot deck. I'm like, oh, I've seen that in the movies. Mm. I've seen that in this witchy stuff. And so it was really completely like, boom, on impulse, I bought that deck. And I remember taking it home and, you know, unwrapping it. It had cellophane around it. And it came with a little white book and laying those cards out. I'm like, what is this? I need to know. And one of the things I found, because I'm a very visual person, is the cards spoke to me. Pretty quickly, even though I started with the Marseille's most difficult deck of all, mm. it spoke to me. I picked up on it very, very quickly without a mentor, without a teacher. There weren't a lot of good books back then. And the next time we went to the mall, I went back in that bookstore and I saw a Rider Waite Smith deck. And I'm like, boom, you're going home too. And that deck, of course, is very visual. So for visual people, it clicked in even further. And, uh, I've had a tarot deck in my hands ever since that time. And that's been, again, over 40 years. And the, the cool thing is when my friend's mother passed away, I inherited her coveted astrology book, the one I was never able to find anywhere. It's oh. mine. It's wrapped in a plastic bag with all of her writing and marking in it. It is one of my big treasures. It mm. sits next to my Joan Crawford advice book, which is another <laughs> one of my big treasures. <laughs> I love Joan Crawford. That's hysterical. Wow. <laughs> so that's how it started in a nutshell. It's really growing up in an environment that was a little bit open to mystical things and having the good fortune of connecting with this person and her mother and then being in that bookstore and seeing it and just saying, I'm taking this home. Hmm. I feel it. I'm going to go with my gut. So was the tarot and the astrology kind of you were studying them both at the same mm -hmm. time? Because, I mean, you're known as wow. the tarot lady. Mm -hmm. Why aren't you known as the astrology lady? Because the thing is, um, they work very, I, I use them very different. Well, I shouldn't say I use them very differently. But I became known more for tarot because I think tarot is really good at down and dirty and fast information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And so I think it's ultimately a great tool for Geminis. I, again, I took to it like a, you know, duck to water. And when I do readings, the information comes like a ticker tape. It is rapid. It spills through me. And it really works with that intuitive side of my personality. And astrology, I use astrology every damn day of my life. I use astrology every single day. And I follow astrology very carefully. And astrology really appeals to my analytical side. The reason why I became known for the tarot lady is I was doing these down and dirty tarot readings in bars and stuff back in the day. And doing an astrology chart requires you got to lay the chart out. You got to like uh, study the angles and, you know, I, I can do that. But uh, when it comes to working with 
humans. It's like, no, we're going to work. We're going to go fast and dirty and you're going to get so much information. You're going to be blown away. Yes. Oh my right. God. So it's our one year anniversary for Knit a Spell. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on is to see if you would be willing to look at the Knit a Spell chart. I, I've got the chart right in front of my face as well as the transits. I'm going to share the image so that if anyone is watching the YouTube, mm-hmm. they can see what we're seeing. The first thing I would say with the Sagittarius Ascendant, it's all about telling the truth. And Sagittarius has a lot to do with not just truth telling, but philosophy. So this is a really great place for you to express your philosophies about life. And a lot of what your show is going to be about, or maybe this is how people are going to perceive it is, wow, this is about you know, broadcasting important message. This is about broadening our horizons. And I think it's going to be really helpful to really open people up, maybe to new people, new concepts. Also, when I look at the Virgo Midheaven, that shows me there's an element of teaching here. Hmm. That a lot of what people will come to your Knit a Spell podcast is because they want to learn things. So there's a real element here about learning, education, broadening horizons. So that is one big thing that stands out for me. The other thing that stands out for me is the moon and Jupiter were conjunct in the third house of communication. And the house of communication, I mean, what a great aspect to have in the natal chart of your podcast. First of all, the moon conjunct Jupiter, this has this feeling of, um, We're really expanding on a topic. We're expanding on a message. And they're in Aquarius. Aquarius has a lot to do with the occult, with metaphysical things, with, um, you know, kind of like community, the collective. So together, the moon and Jupiter in Aquarius in the third house. Whoa, you got a big message you're bringing forward to the public and the public is here for it. Now, also, because the ascendant is, is Sagittarius, well, Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter and Jupiter sitting in the third house, uh, the house of communication conjunct the moon. This feels really, really uh, auspicious for the podcast that again, there's a good message here. It feels like um, you're in your element, so to speak. <laughs> and you certainly have a lot to talk about. The other thing what I see too, is we, we want to look at Mars in the seventh house. So Mars in the seventh house is in Gemini. Mars is ambition. And Mars in Gemini means talk, 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 talk. We're here to talk, talk, talk. And also the seventh house is relationships. Gemini is duality. Two people doing a lot of talking. And that Mars is also in a trine with that, uh, with that uh, Jupiter, uh, the Jupiter uh, moon aspect. Uh, So what does that mean? Well, that means also, again, we're communicating. We have two people communicating. And I see that as being a really good thing. Like you two feel like you're very natural for communicating with each other. So you should feel pretty comfortable with each other. Maybe you fire each other up. Maybe you also like talking about a variety of things. So we've got that. The other thing I would say, let's look at the sun. There's a lot going on with that sun. I mean, the sun is in the fourth house of home and domestic affairs. And it is also, uh, it's a stellium. you got an airy stellium there. And an airy stellium in the fourth house, there's something very new. There's something very different. This is telling me that you're going far from home or you're doing something different than home base. 
And so maybe even the original idea is evolving. I mean, that could be one way of looking at it, but the Mercury is about, here we are, we're communicating uh, in Aries. We are communicating bold new ideas. We also see Chiron. There's some aspect of healing taking place here. The sun is a lot of expression and we're expressing again, new ideas. We're blazing trails and Venus is a lot of lovey-dovey energy here as well. So it really does feel like you two are at home with each other. And there's something about the podcast that has a good root. But whenever it's Aries, I always see Aries as, but we're blazing a trail. We're not going back to the usual home base. We're doing something different. It's kind of like, um, if I had to describe this, you've got a home and you've got a family. And it's like, yeah, I love my family, but I'm still going to go off and do my own thing. And I'm going to be the first in the family to do this, 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 and this. So that would be maybe a way I would interpret that. So in a nutshell, there's a lot of cool stuff going on here. Amazing. Wow. I'm like, I'm like blown away by so much accuracy in all of that. I mean, especially with the duality parts, two hosts, you know, we talk about two topics that intertwine. We nailed it, Jim. Yeah, making and magic, <laughs> that duality is so interesting. Yes. And we are a lot about teaching. Mm-hmm. I love when people can hear like how someone reads. Mm-hmm. I know you're not doing readings for the public. Mm-mm. It still is such a great way to hear the way in which she just tells it like it is. She just mm-hmm. gets in and makes it real or makes it like down to earth. Of course, I couldn't help thinking about how I myself and am, am an Aries and how Katie is a Virgo mm-hmm. and how we have this stellium in Aries and how our midheaven is in Virgo. So it, that also is tripping me out as you're reading. And it's just mm-hmm. amazing, amazing. Mm-hmm. There's so much to astrology. I mean, that is like just looking at a glance, the things that stand out to me. Astrology can take you down so many amazing rabbit holes, which I love going down rabbit holes in astrology. I'm always studying different things about astrology. You never stop learning ever, ever, ever. Mm. And I mean, even if we look at the current transits, what's happening for your podcast right now, you've got a massive stellium right now in that third house. This would be if I was doing this chart, and let's say I'm doing it for you for like a business reading, I'd be like, Oh, my God, uh, this is the absolute time where you need to continue getting the message out there, you need to refine it, not be shy, look at new ways that you can reach different people, different audiences. You've got this, again, massive stellium right now. You can get your message out there in such a big, beautiful, profound way. So this would be the time I'd say, giddy up, let's get going. And also because Saturn is now in the podcast third house, it's time to build your structures, Mm. to really build the structures around how you're communicating, what tools are you using to communicate? What social media are you using to get the message out there? Where do, where can you refine? What are some things you can abandon that aren't supporting you getting your message out there? You know, and when Saturn goes through that third house, it can be a good time for writing, but it's also a good time again to really get your communication style cleaned up. Hmm. Gosh, we were just talking about that before you came on too. So that's pretty funny. Astrology is accurate. Mm -hmm. However, the interpretations are not always accurate. Hmm. Interpretation, here's the thing with tarot and astrology. And this is one thing I always say, you're going to be wrong. 
You're going to be wrong. And nobody wants to hear that when they're learning tarot astrology. They come to tarot astrology because they want to have control over their future. I mean, that's I got into it. I wanted to understand myself. I wanted to understand why I do certain things. Of course, that's why I got into it. And so I think a lot of people have this idea that, that you're going to be able to map out everything perfectly and you're going to have complete control over your life. And it doesn't work like that. There are things you cannot see. And human interpretation is very, very messy and sometimes also you can't be objective on certain things so i always say okay if you're coming into this you're going to be wrong and that may sound like i'm the angel of death for teaching tarot and astrology i'm like no as soon as you get that out of your head as soon as you get that out of your system you're going to be wrong you're going to be criticized you're going to miss the mark you're going to misinterpret well you know what that takes actually a lot of anxiety and ego out of it now it's no longer about the ego it's like Let's just do the reading. Let's deliver the facts like Dragnet. Let's do it in a way that's going to be helpful. And let's hope that whatever information we're delivering will be something that people can use. Not any of this, oh, look at me. I'm predicting the future. I mean, that's not ego driven. Yes, Mm -hmm. I love it when we're right. That feels great. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't want to be right? Hmm. But that's not why you do tarot and astrology. You're doing it to guide, to help, to gain understanding. And, you know, sometimes, again, when you make your mistakes in your interpretation, you end up learning so, so much from it. You're not always going to be right. And that Mm -hmm. is a very humbling thing. I see once in a while there's a readers who will say, oh, I'm 99% accurate. I'm like, that's... (laughs) (laughs) Avoid those readers. That's a scam. (laughs) How it works. I mean, I remember, too, when there was the election with, um, you know, Hillary versus Trump. Everybody was saying because of the aspects she's a, and also because of what they were saying in media, she's a shoe and she's going to win. And I was looking at one thing in Trump's chart and I'm like, but he's under his Jupiter return. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's all this other stuff. Going. I'm like, yeah, but it's Jupiter return. He's got a lot of luck on that day. And I said, I wouldn't count him out. I had a whole bunch of people get mad at me, like people who were my followers in my newsletter. Cause I only said this in my newsletter and they jumped off my newsletter. They thought I was supporting them. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just telling you there's some luck here. And not that, again, it was me being right. But again, a lot of people were interpreting things for Hillary, I think, based on what they wanted to see or what they were hearing in the media. And right. when you're doing tarot and astrology, you have got to get all of that crap out of your system. You've got to not necessarily be, I mean, I thought I was going to be the only wrong one. I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm the only one saying, eh. you know, so you kind of just got to look at it like that. And, you know, whether you're wrong or right, ultimately that doesn't matter. Yep, Let's get our ego out of it. Let's be mm-hmm. objective. Let's try to look at this from a perspective of, okay, what are we seeing here? And instead of looking at a million different aspects, let's get down to the nitty gritty. What is the one important thing or the three important points that are standing out in this chart or in these tarot cards? If you can come away with three takeaways, we're good. Dial it down, dial it down. Otherwise, here's what happens. You're looking at these like astrology as like, well, I see this aspect of that aspect of this aspect of that. And, And then you're getting all muddled. You're gonna be wrong. And you got to dial it down and drill it down and get down to the root of what we're looking at here. And you're going to have a probably a better interpretation. Yes. The one most important point mm. and yeah. pay attention to that. What do you think is the biggest benefit of having at least a basic understanding of astrology in our lives? Yeah. The basic, well, there, there's a really good reason to have that because everything is energy. We are made of energy. We are all made of atoms. 
I mean, I'm made out of the same atoms as this coffee mug that I have here, but it's arranged differently, but it's energy, energy, energy. And when you understand the energy of you and the energy of what's happening in the universe, you are bringing awareness into your choices, your thoughts, your actions, and your interactions with other people. So for example, let's say Jim is an Aries and I am a Gemini. I know right away, okay, we're going to get along pretty damn good right from the jump. But then if I start looking at our moons, Jim, what's your moon in? Virgo. Oh, no, no. My moon is in Taurus. Oh, now his moon is in Taurus, mine is in Scorpio. They're opposing each other. And that tells me, okay, Jim is just as stubborn as I am. And so I know that if Jim and I lock horns, well, now I know that I need to step back. We've got to cool off. And that way we preserve our relationship. It's energy. It's it's about learning how to respect the people in your life and respect the energy. You know, I know that when the planets are gnarly and when they're, you know, acting maybe in a way that's not beneficial to me or just not beneficial in general, I lay low. I'm not going to say, oh, goody, the moon is squaring Mars. I think I'm going to go pick a fight with Katie. No, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say, okay, this is a day that could be temperamental, which, by the way, we have some temperamental aspects later tonight. The moon is going to be conjunct Mars. And I was feeling kind of cranky today, y'all. I was feeling cranky. I was mm -hmm. losing my temper. I spilled Listerine for the second time on my bathroom floor. And I was down here yelling. And I'm like, okay, remember Tonight, that energy, you're already feeling that tarot lady. Let's calm down. Let's eat that tiramisu in the fridge. Let's calm the hell down and get recentered because you've got an interview soon. And I don't want to come to that interview with that energy. I want to be aware of energy. And I think a lot of people, they sleepwalk through life. They don't think about their words, their actions, how they treat other people. They don't think about the energy what's operating around them. They don't think about what that decision's going to mean. 10 years from now, and then they wonder, and this is the thing I always say, how did I get here? It's like that song by the Talking Heads. How did I get here? This is not my beautiful life. It's like, wait a minute. If you pay attention to energy and your choices, you're starting to live consciously. You can't control everything, though. People get sick. Things happen. And so we also have to keep that in the back of our heads. But astrology and tarot, for that matter, they really give us a roadmap. So at least we're not walking around in the dark or sleepwalking through life. We're conscious. We, we can't control everything, but that's why we have tiramisu in the fridge. Yes. Yes. That's why they made cheesecake. Damn it. Yes. Oh my God. Because without cheesecake and tiramisu, what is this life? What is it? How would the golden girls have handled it? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> well, let's all consider that question as we uh, step into a quick break. And then we come back, we will talk tarot with, of course, the tarot lady. We'll be right back. Hey, Teresa, what do you have coming out as far as books? I've got two books coming your way in 2022. On May 1st, Create Your Own Tarot Cards is dropping. This is a joint venture between me and the artist Adrian Hawthorne of Panopause. It is a fun book that I wrote the intro. She wrote all the instructions on how to create your own cards and 
There are 80 tear-out cards in the back that you can pull out and you can paint. And it is a book for beginners, so it's for anybody. It's, it's very easy to understand, nothing complicated. None of the artistic instructions are complicated either, so it's for all ages. It would make a great gift for those young people in your life, too, who have that artsy, that artsy uh, interest and maybe an interest in tarot. The second book that's coming so out is called Twist Your Fate manifest success through astrology and tarot and this book is all about how i use tarot and astrology when i work with clients to talk about business job career life purpose and also i really love to dispel the whole idea that you're born with a bad chart you're you're not going to make it in the world it's like listen we can't control everything but with tarot and astrology we can at least navigate things or find our way to a better life than the one maybe that we were born with. And I actually have one of those charts that's considered a quote unquote bad chart. And I had a bad chart and I had a very hard start to my life, but I really became through astrology aware of how to show up as the best version of me and how to turn those quote unquote weaknesses into strengths. And that's what it's all about. It's turning the weaknesses into strengths, but also looking at the good parts of your chart and amplifying the heck out of them. That book comes out when again? August 1st. Where can people go to find out more? Both books are available for pre-order right now on Barnes & Noble, Indie Books, Bookshop, Amazon, so you can get that there. You can also visit my website, thetarolady.com, click on books, and you'll find the information about all my books. Order your books now, pre-order them. Don't miss any of the stuff that Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady, has to offer you. Hey, Knit a Spell listeners, it's Katie. Are you interested in a new knitting pattern that will help you knit with intent? Well, then get ready, because the self-love cowl has arrived and kits are available from UU Yarns. Whether you're knitting for self-love, abundant luck, healing comfort, joyous empowerment, or even robust romance, there's a colorway option for you. Go ahead and check out all of the options of this fun and interesting cowl that you can knit with intent to have a little magic worn around you at all times. It also makes a great gift. Whether you're knitting one for yourself, knitting one for a friend, or simply looking to learn more, you can do so by visiting lightfromlantern.com. Happy knitting, magical makers. And we're back. So for round two, I want to start off with a question. Let's talk about stalker cards. What does a stalker card mean to you? And do you have any <laughs> that you find pop up? Stalker cards are cards that come up again and again and again and again. They're trying to get your damn attention. <laughs> and, you know, so often again, we walk through life, we ignore things. Now, I'm somebody, I pay attention to omens. I pay attention to signs from the universe. I get musical oracles, all that stuff. And when there's a tarot card that's coming up again and again, I'm like, oh, what the hell's up with this? Let me see what is going on. I remember a time I kept getting the Eight of Cups. And the Eight of Cups, I'm like, ah, I wonder what this could be. Travel, moving on, moving on. At that time, I was friends with somebody. I was very, very tight with this person. And I was helping them build a metaphysical store. And I asked about the friendship. And I remember getting that card again. I'm like, what is this telling me? This person seems pretty cool. They seem legit. And I even had a handwriting analysis person say, why are you friends with this person? And I'm like, uh, well, they seem pretty cool. And they're like, mm, mm, 
I'm like, okay. Then mm-hmm. I get the eight of cups again and again. Well, anyhow, it turned into this big, terrible thing. This person completely betrayed me and I had to get the hell out of Dodge. And so I was like, oh my God, that eight of cups was telling me, get out, get out, get out. The handwriting lady was telling me that. Well, lo and behold, of course, because you know, you don't, you got to learn the hard way. I was friends a couple of years later with somebody also. I'm like, oh, this person seems really cool. And I remember doing a reading. Are they cool? I got that eight of cups. I'm like, Mm. And once again, it was a repeat of the ex- almost the exact same pattern. Now, astrologically, I've got some stuff happening in the 11th house. I have to be very careful of my choice of friends. I like to believe everyone's going to be my friend and mm, mm-hmm. learn the hard way. And I know when the Eight of Cups shows up, when I'm asking about a friendship, it's always meant to me, get away from this person. Now, Jim, it did not happen for you, so don't worry. You, you and I are meant to be together. But I know that that that's one of my stalker cards. That is the card that tells me, for me, the message is get out, get out, get out. This is a dangerous person for you. Mm. So I've learned that, and that's happened. Those are just two examples, but it's happened for me on other occasions. So I've learned. Mm-hmm. What's your stalker card, Katie? Oh. Uh. Uh, I have two, typically. Uh, death, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And the hermit, which I always just perceive as, uh, stop it, take a break. <laughs> I like to do a lot. I'm very Virgo. Those are always my reminder cards, like, stop, look at yourself. Do you need mm-hmm. to just chill for a few? Yeah. What about you, mm-hmm. Jim? I It's the Ten of Swords. Mm. Seems to show up, especially when I don't want the tennis horse to show up. <laughs> of course. The stalker they know. When you want them to. When I look at that, the eight of cups too, you know, the, the person in that card is going off to the hermitage. I mean, that card is very similar to the hermit. And I am mm. actually, even though I'm very friendly, I'm quite a hermit. I'm very much a lone wolf. I love being alone. I'm one of those weirdos, Moon and Scorpio. And so the Eight of Cups, you know, for me, it's like, okay, yeah, we're, we're needing to get the hell out of a situation. But, you know, you're always happier when you're a lone wolf anyways. Hmm. And yeah. so, Jim, that Ten of Swords, I mean, if it's coming up every damn reading, what is it telling you? Well, the the interesting thing that I really appreciate is learning from you and from other people about the Ten of Swords I've come into some peace with it. For those not familiar, the Ten of Swords has a person laying on the ground. They seem to be stabbed in the back with these Ten Swords that are sticking straight up out of their back. And it just seems like such an awful, hopeless card on its face. Mm -hmm. But there's things that I've noticed when looking more deeply. The hand position in the Rider-Waite-Smith deck is the teacher pose. So -hmm. the person is laying there on their face but their hand is in a teacher pose position, which means there's a lesson to be learned in this card. And I think that that's an interesting thing. Swords are the element of air. So if if I notice that there's no blood and that the swords are actually of the mind, that this is something that is happening in your mind. So I've come into a little bit of peace, like, wow, is what am I being imprisoned by? What is the mind weevils telling me? Does that make sense to you? I would totally agree with that. I mean, that's a beautiful interpretation. And, you know, I also am a yogi and that hand position in yoga, we call it the jnana mudra. And the jnana mudra is all about tapping in again to wisdom. 
into yes. our higher wisdom. So I, I'm not a palmist, but from a yoga Same. perspective, that really stands out. And the other thing with the Ten of Swords, I mean, it always reminds me of a porcupine with quills. Mm. You know, and mm -hmm. so I look at it like, do you need to protect yourself? Is there something here where you're leaving yourself wide open and vulnerable mm. to maybe somebody else or to your own stinking thinking? What are you leaving yourself vulnerable? Where can you put those quills up to protect yourself? God, that's so good. <laughs> so the other side of our podcast is a making side, magic Ooh. and making. Do you have any creative outlets that... Do you knit? Yeah. <laughs> Can't. Look at my face. <laughs> I, I don't think it's not for yet. everyone. I don't. And I've got a lot of arthritis in my hands. It is oh, that not doesn't for help. Me. No, yeah. but I love to cook. Cooking is my jam. I love to cook. I have like 200 cookbooks. Oh. I love to cook. I'm curious about food. I'm obsessed with food. I love to feed people. When I was a little girl, the other thing I used to do because I love going to the library, a lot of times I would check out the like the junior cookbook mm -hmm. and bring it home. And I'd fantasize about all the recipes I was going to cook one day. And I would read all my mother's cookbooks, I would pour over them. And like, Oh, why doesn't she cook something more exotic? Why are we always doing this? You know, this stuff, this German food. And of course, not cook her food. But because uh, I have cookbooks. <laughs> I, I, I always obsessed with food. And so cooking is my outlet and cooking for me at the end of the day, it means your day is done. You're going to go cook. You're going to forget about all this other stuff. You get to cook. I never look at it as a negative. It's like you get to cook tonight. Now, tonight we are making a salmon with a yogurt horseradish sauce and it's got chives and tarragon and potatoes and green beans. Mm. And I'm just getting excited talking about it. And by the way, with cooking, I don't care about breakfast and I don't care about lunch. I eat the same thing for breakfast every day. For lunch, I always get like something that I don't have to think about. I live for dinner. I live for dinner. That Ooh. is like my thing. So that's what I make. I make food. Mr. Tarot Lady has it made in the shade. He <laughs> does. And you know, you know what Mr. Tarot Lady says? He would always come home and say, it was really good. But you know, when I've had it done your way, I'm kind of like screwed. I can't really enjoy anything the way I enjoy this food. And I'm also known as the dessert queen in our family uh, because I make some damn good desserts. Oh, man. Your husband sounds like a smart guy, first of all. <laughs> he, With yes, great and, taste. Well, you know, my first husband, when we got divorced, he says, oh, the thing I miss the most is the cooking. <laughs> mm, well, that is the way to the heart. So I there you love go. to cook. Cooking. I could talk about food. I mean, my hero, everybody's got a personal hero. And you would probably think my hero is probably a tarot or astrology person. I'm like, oh, God, no. My hero is Chef Jose Andres. That is my absolute hero. I, I, I worship at the altar of Chef Jose and also Anthony Bourdain. Anthony oh, Bourdain. Yes. Yeah, when Anthony cool. Bourdain passed away, mm. for me, that, that and David Bowie were the two deaths oh. that really messed me up. But Anthony Bourdain spoke my lingo. I felt like, um, I think most people would say it, when you watch his shows and you just feel like, I could hang out with this guy. And just the thought of how much he loved and appreciated food and the way he would get into it with people, mm. that's how I, how I approach food. I love food. I love to eat. And Anthony Bourdain and Chef Jose Andres, those are my actual heroes. Chef yeah. Jose is like, that is a, he's a saint in my opinion. He mm -hmm. is feeding people all over the world. When there's 
a war going on, they're Chef Jose. When there is a disaster, they're a Chef Jose feeding people because food, here's the thing. Many of us, we don't speak the same languages. Maybe we don't even like the same things, but you get us together over a good meal, we break bread. Mm. Now we can come together, even if we don't speak the same language, even if we don't agree on the same things, you get a good meal and you get people sitting down, you get to see their humanness, you get to see their connection. Oh, there's nothing better than a good meal. Nothing yes. better. How does magic or how does spirituality, how does that play into your creative expression? The cooking is very magical. Again, food is magical. Yeah. Think about it. It is magical. I knew that from the time I was a little girl when we thought about, gee, we take this piece of bread at communion and it becomes the body of Christ. How cool is that? Yeah. You know, so I knew from a very early age the magic of food. And again, you know, cooking, you can put so much love into cooking. And I'm very superstitious about food. I will not eat food from somebody that I don't like. If mm. I don't like you and we're at a party together, I'm going to find out what dish you made. I'm not going to eat that. It's either got to be made by someone I don't know, so I don't know your vibe, or by somebody I love. Because I feel that a lot of times when people are cooking, if they have bad intentions, bad juju, whatever you want to call it, you know, you're putting that in your system, hell no. And you can also, when you cook a good meal for someone, you're cooking it with love. Like last night, the Sunday gravy. We are all sitting around, we're, we're watching The Sopranos, we're eating this food, we're feeling all that love. There's nothing but love. That's what you want to feel. That's uh, what you want to feel. Love. Fantastic. Mm. Yes. yes. I don't want to I eat your totally potluck agree. meal that was made out of obligation. Oof. Mm. <laughs> or yeah. resentment. Right. Yeah. Good call. Well, uh, I don't know if you saw, but I, I think that you're a fan of RuPaul, question mark, the drag race. Yes. Uh, well, they finally announced an all-star season's with actual past all winners. Have you seen who's on the cast? I have not seen, I know Trinity the Tuck is on there and I love, I love Trinity the Tuck. And by the way, congratulations, Willow Pill for winning this season. I love Willow Pill. I want Ugh. to adopt Willow Pill. Willow Pill, if you're up for adoption, uh, call me. <laughs> yeah. But, um, who's all on it? I don't know who, I don't know who the whole cast is. Oh my God. Well, yes, Trinity is on it. Jinx Monsoon will be joining. Ooh. Raja will be joining. Uh, Shay Coulee. So many good past winners. No Bianca Del Rio, which I'm a little sad face about because she's my personal fave, but mm -hmm. you know, um, plenty of past winners. So I think it will be worth watching. Maybe that's a chart to do or something to do in your Patreon. <laughs> oh, there you go. Fun. Wouldn't that be a fun little that thing? That would be Get a great fun thing to do because I certainly do love, first of all, I think RuPaul is amazing. And I, I love RuPaul's Drag Race because it's so inspirational. So I love them, but I don't know who the whole cast is. So gee, I don't know. I, I do love Shea Coulee though. I would not, I would not be sad if Shea, if Shea Coulee won. And also, for anyone who says they don't like Scorpios, RuPaul is a Scorpio, and RuPaul's fucking awesome. So I love Scorpios. Now you all know I am like, I am like the ambassador for Scorpios. Anytime someone speaks bad about a Scorpio, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Scorpios oh. are awesome. They're intense. They're passionate. They're sexy. They're psychic. Mm. What is not to love about that? Here's something that I've noticed. This is a tangent. <laughs> Go for it, Jim. People tend to speak bad about water signs more often than hmm. any other signs. I think that's a manifestation of the fact that our society hates 
the element of water. Our society is not comfortable with emotions. Mm. It is not comfortable with generally the element of water. This is not because nature isn't is imbalanced because our, I think our society isn't comfortable with emotions tends to be, especially water signs that get such a negative rap. Yeah. Gemini's get a negative rap too. It's considered one of the most hated signs. And I'm like, why would you hate a Gemini? We are talkative. We are chatty. We are funny. We are witty. We're smart. What is not to love about that? But people get their little prejudices for whatever reason. And, you know, I'm just like, whatever, you probably just met, you just probably met a bad one one time and assume they're all the same way. And it's not like that. Every sign can express the high vibe and the low vibe. Right. And sometimes maybe you caught somebody on a low vibe day. Don't assume that that's the way they are 24-7 and don't assume that means the same thing for all signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Aries gets a, can get a bad rap. Yeah, but Aries is sexy, so everybody kind of wants to be an Aries. <laughs> First of all, you've got every sign in your chart. That's one thing also people don't realize mm-hmm. because all the signs are present on the outer rim of your astrology chart. Just yep. because you don't have a planet in that house or in that sign doesn't mean it's not there. You've got not- Capricorn in you. You've got Scorpio in you. You've got sexy Aries in you. We all got it. Mm-hmm. You, yep, you have Great it in point. you. Let's wrap up with a tarot card poll. Just one card to see what perhaps the future holds for Jim and I here on Knit a Spell or Ooh. sort of like the theme for the year, perhaps. All right, let's go ahead and let's let's find a card for y'all. Thank so, you for doing this. I'm so excited for our one-year anniversary. This is so much fun. Well, yes. one year this is a big a anniversary. So let me put the deck back together. Ooh, Ace of Wands. You might blaze a new trail. There might be new ideas. There might be new directions. Something's going to change, and it's going to help you to grow. There's Mm. new fire, new passion. And I would say also, this last year has been uh, very much an incubation year. Now you're getting ready to birth new things. I like the Ace of Wands. It's fiery. It's Mm. sexy. It's Aries energy. (laughs) Yes. But really, my horns. When you see this card, it says, don't be afraid to make changes. You know, if you're feeling like you need some new directions, you can go with it this year. You can try new things. I love those horns. Nice. Oh, my God. You can you can really, again, um, move forward in exciting new ways. So, wow. I don't know. I think there's some real good growth happening here for y'all. Oh, my gosh. And new Amazing. directions, maybe. If that was the card for this week, what would you say to them? Be on the lookout for opportunities. And grab those opportunities. Don't be shy. Don't be hesitant. Don't hold back. Channel your inner Aries. Let's go, go, go. Let's go for it. I love it. Oh, Teresa. So much fun hanging out with you. You are always a wealth of knowledge. You're so generous with what you have. I think that's one of the signature things about you. I am so privileged to be around you. And next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend, Today's Wednesday. Next weekend is Mother's Day weekend. I am excited to hang out with you in Chicago. This is going to be kind of a soft, not an official book launch, but it is kind of the official book launch Mm -hmm. of Create Your Own Tarot Cards. You can get a signed copy of Create Your Own Tarot Cards, the book. You can meet Teresa Reed in person. Everyone's wearing a mask at this event at the Panapaz studio in chicago it's may 8th from two to five and it's free 
There's no there cost. And also, the Panapala shop has a lot of other cool and cute things for sale, too. So if you mm -hmm. like to shop for earrings and clothes and journals and all Ooh. that stuff, she's got some neat stuff going on there. You no longer do readings for the public, of course. However, your Patreon, as we had said before, is full of useful information and teaching opportunities and all sorts of fun stuff. Could you go ahead and tell the folks a little bit more about that? Sure. Patreon is the place to connect with me. That is where I do extended card of the day. Uh, I do a live event every month, hot dates. I do political astrology there. And if you are looking to learn about tarot business or astrology, I have different tiers where we teach those topics. There is a huge library of replays. So if you are new, there's lots of things you can go back to and mm. listen to. So I do a lot there. Also, there's early sneak peeks at the monthly horoscopes too. So that is my place where I love to jam with my folks. And that is patreon.com forward slash the tarot lady. I hope people join me there because I love to teach and I love to share information. And this is also one of the platforms that's safe to do it on. And what about newsletters, social media, upcoming classes, that sort of thing? Sure. Um, I do have a newsletter. It comes out twice a month. And you can sign up for free. It's free. And you can do that at thetarolady.com. On social media, you can always find me at the handle The Tarot Lady. I think the place that I'm going to be the most active on is going to always be through Patreon or probably, you know, my morning lives as they are for right now. And as far as upcoming events, again, the thing with Panapaz for Create Your Own Tarot Cards, that's the thing that's coming up on May 8th. And any teaching and classes I do are usually 99% of the time on Patreon. I do have an astrology, astrology class for total beginners that's going to be dropping soon that's outside of Patreon, but we haven't finalized everything. So I'm waiting to finalize the deal on that. You have two great podcasts yourself and your blogs. All of that is on your website at thetarolady.com, your Astrobytes yep. and Tarobytes podcasts that I've been on both of those. They're fantastic. So from one podcast to another, go and listen to those podcasts. Yes. You'll be so happy because you learn so much. They're educational podcasts. And one other thing too, if you are an entrepreneur, uh, you know, I love using astrology for business. That is my jam. I use astrology for my business. Uh, every single day that I do business, I'm checking those stars. I have the AstroBiz Digest. It is a subscription for entrepreneurs, and it gives you the lowdown of what's happening and how to max it out for your business. Ooh. Forgot about that. I'm going to be signing up for that one like immediately. So it's that's genius. Awesome. It is so awesome. <laughs> one of my favorite things that I create. Jim, you already mentioned your upcoming trip. Do you have anything else going on? That's what I have for now. But you know, when I have something new, all you need to do is go to thedivinehand.com and sign up for my newsletter because that's where I announce all the things that I'm doing. What about you, Katie? I saw that there's a new pattern. Yes. Did you make a shirt? What yeah, I know. Finally, a thing that's wearable. That's not just an accessory. It's a whole t-shirt. Uh, it will be coming out in May, so shortly, and it will have a nice two-color design. It goes really well with my sun and moon shawl. And again, you can learn more by visiting lightfromlantern.com, where you can find my newsletter as well, or find me on Instagram at lightfromlantern. Well, again, Teresa, thank you so much for coming on, for being so generous with your time and information. And uh, yeah, people who are listening, don't miss out on all of the wonderfulness that is Teresa Reed, the tarot lady. Go subscribe, like, and sign up for all the things. Thanks, all right, thanks everyone. Thanks for having me here. Thank you. Yeah.
Yes. Oh, love having you here. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. And don't forget, new episodes of Knit a Spell are conjured every Wednesday. Learn more at knitaspell.com and follow our Instagram page at knitaspell. If you have a quick second to support the show, feel free to drop us a review on iTunes or share this with a friend. Jim and I appreciate your support and look forward to seeing you next week.